from the Montclair State University Film Forum. This is Film Forum Extras. Learn about independent filmmaking from pre-production to distribution through the expertise of esteemed film professionals. Join us every week for behind-the-scenes discussions with directors, producers, writers, and more. Welcome to the Film Forum Extras podcast. Sarah Karloff, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Why don't we start off by you telling us something about what you brought for us tonight to see in the Film Forum. Well, I've brought some home movies. Uh, they're blessedly brief, and uh, they go to prove that the home movies of movie stars are just as boring as everybody else's home movies. But they do show some uh, rare color footage of my father from the film The Son of Frankenstein um, that were um, taken by my mother on the set of Son of Frankenstein, and they show that... Um, the, the makeup itself was uh, tinted a very light green so that Jack Pierce and his genius, the makeup ma a man at Universal, knew that if he tinted the makeup green, it would show up a deathly gray in black and white film. Uh, that's really the purpose of making people sit through my christening, my father playing tennis, all the normal things that are on home movies, but it is a rare footage that's on that. also brought two interviews, one done in London with my father uh, just after he had finished filming Black Sabbath, mm. and then another interview that is considered to be the last interview done with my father. Okay, and so how did he feel about his on-screen persona being a monster but leaving this sort of uh, incredibly private and normal life? Well, his, he was very lucky to have had an iconic role that kept him in—well, kept him working, essentially. Um, he had uh, also the good fortune of doing a huge body of radio work. He made uh, nearly 170 films. Um, Frankenstein was his 81st film, and in his own words, hardly anyone saw the first 80. Mm. Um, he did five Broadway plays. He um, had three television series of his own. He starred um, or was a guest on all the prominent television programs of the day. He did 20-some uh, children's recordings, children's albums, uh, Just So Stories, more Just So Stories, uh, Hans Christian uh, Anderson. Um, and then he won a Grinch for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, won a Grammy mm. for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So he had a very broad-based career. But were it not for his good fortune of being on the right corner at the right time and being cast as Frankenstein's monster, he might have gone on to make another 80 films that no one saw. Mm. And so in preparation for this, I was reading on Wikipedia that, and I wanted to see if this was true because it said that he dressed up as Santa to hand out presents to like disabled children in Baltimore. And it also said that when you were born, he showed up to the hospital in full makeup. Is that true? Well, the first is true, yes. For yeah. many years, he handed out um, uh, gifts to underprivileged children dressed up as Santa. Not the children weren't dressed right. up. He was dressed up as Santa Claus. But, no, he did not show up at the hospital in his Frankenstein wardrobe. Wow. They would never 
have let him off the set in that wardrobe. That's an urban legend. There's a well-known, in some circles, well-known photograph of him in a very respectable business suit at the hospital with the nurse holding me. So, no, he was not in his Frankenstein makeup. Okay. I think we can correct that now. However, I was born on his 51st birthday, and um, there are photographs on the set with him in his um, Frankenstein makeup celebrating his birthday and my birth. But, um, no, he didn't come to the hospital that way. But I was the most expensive birthday present he probably ever got. (laughs) So how was he as a father? Was he very uh, affectionate and sort of, like, involved? Well, he didn't try to eat the baby, but, no, he was an excellent (laughs) father. He was a lovely human being. He was very... Kind, soft-spoken. Uh, he was very funny. He had a an English sense of humor, very often self-effacing because he was a very modest man. Um, he never talked about his work. He never brought it home. He didn't talk about other actors. Um, he was a voracious reader. He was very articulate. He was very well-educated. He actually was educated in England for the British Consular Service. Um He loved gardening. His favorite sport was the English game of cricket. So he was the antithesis of the roles he played. He could not have been more different than the roles he played. Um, He was a very gentle, uh, kind. um, He was an excellent listener. Uh, He was a typical English gentleman, and uh, he was well respected by his peers and adored by those who knew him personally. Do you remember, like, the first time you saw one of his films and sort of saw what he was like to what most people saw him as? Well, um... Or could you even recognize that it was him under all that? (laughs) Uh, Well, he didn't look like he looked in makeup at all. He actually was a very handsome man in in person. But uh, I actually was out of sync with his... Uh, most iconic roles. And when they came back around into the theaters, um, it wasn't really uh, something young girls went to see. And it's one of the world's worst uh, secrets that I don't like um, scary movies. And so I leave the room during murder, she wrote. I am such a wuss. But um, first time I saw Frankenstein, I was 19 years old. And I watched it uh, at home on a television uh, all by myself. And by that time, I'd heard so much about it that I watched it rather studiously. And I wasn't frightened. Um, and I, I could understand why it had been such, uh, become such an iconic film. And I could understand why it was such a, uh, a frontier breaking film that that the how amazing the makeup was for its time and and uh, why people constantly ask me how tall my father was when in fact he was 5'11 he wasn't 6'7 or something as the camera shots uh, indicated and um, it I could study the film uh, and enjoy it at the same time so um he, as I said, uh, he made almost 170 films, and no, I have not seen all of them. What was uh, what's your favorite? Targets. Yeah. T- 
targets he made with Peter Bogdanovich, um, I believe, in 1967, and my father died in early 1969. It was brilliant casting, my father as an aging horror film star. But um, it spoke to what my father believed also himself personally was that the real real terror was on the streets and not on the up on the screen and um, it was a fine film and unfortunately when it was released it was the time of the Martin Luther King assassination and the Bobby Kennedy assassination so it was pulled from the um, from the theaters prematurely and put up on the shelf for many many years but it is available uh, now on DVD and um, it's the first film that Peter Bogdanovich directed, he wrote it, and he also acted in it. And my father really admired Peter's creativity and his talent, enjoyed making the film with Peter. And um, my father, it was one of my father's favorite films, too. And he shot the role in just a couple of days, right? Very few days, very yeah. short uh, time period. But it did exceed the time that uh, the Karloff time that Roger Corman had left to use in a film, mm-hmm. and the balance of the time that it overran, uh, Karloff time that it overran. My father uh, donated to the film because he admired Peter so much. Do you remember sort of when he decided to make that film? Did he read the script and say something to you, or? Well, my father owed Roger Corman 10 more minutes of screen time, and so this project was brought to my father uh, as a vehicle to use that time, and he he thought it was really a very good script, and he um, admired Peter's potential. Mm. Um, Well... Let's hear a little bit about about you. Enough about your father. No, no, yeah. enough about my father. You don't want to know about me. I'm a conduit um, for people who wish they'd had an opportunity to ask my father questions, and um, the fans are just wonderful. My dad was one of the very few people in the business about whom nothing negative was ever written or said, and the fan base reflects that. I mean, where else can I go? for three days and have nobody say anything but nice things to me, you know. And the minute I lose sight of the fact I'm anything but a conduit, I better stay home and clean my own oven. <laughs> Did you ever? This is not about me. Did you ever have any thoughts about uh, following your father's footsteps? Actress Heavens, or? no. No? No. I'm so glad they made Son of Frankenstein, and not Daughter of Frankenstein. But um, one time my father had me um, come and visit um, in Chicago um, when he was doing Peter Pan. Um, I was scheduled to go and watch him on Broadway, but I had mastered the art of being a tomboy. And I grew up in San Francisco, and the boy next door, or across the street actually, had said something bad about my dog, so I was determined to beat him up. And... um, I broke my ankle in the process, so I couldn't go to Broadway. Uh So I went to Chicago instead, and I got to watch the the performances for a week. From My father had arranged for me to watch them from the wings and backstage and out front and everything. And at the end of my week's visit, he, uh, he said to me, well, I can tell that you don't have the fire in the belly to 
I want to become an actress because you paid more attention to Nana the dog than you did to me. Mm. Wow. So no, I never wanted to become an actor. <laughs> so what what did you uh, what attracted? What did I end up yeah. doing? Yeah. Was I worthwhile in any way? <laughs> <laughs> no, like what did you what fulfills you? What did I do? Yeah. I talk about my father. Okay. No, I was a real estate broker, and my passion is political science, which is a busy passion at the moment. Yeah. And. My father always said Halloween was his busy season, and so I find it to be mine, and that's why I'm sitting this in this chair now talking to you. All right. And the, in the spirit of Halloween, do you have a, a certain connection with Halloween, you think, because of your father? No, because no? I'm a terrible wuss. <laughs> and I one time I licensed a, um, a haunted house mm-hmm. in Salem, Massachusetts, of all places. Oh, jeez. Yes. And so... I was expected to go through it and check it out. I said, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that in bright daylight with all the lights on. And if any of you people touch me or jump out at me, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. And one time I had to go through a haunted house in um, a Madison Square Garden only it was for real. I couldn't fire anybody. Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, my husband took me through it and held my hand so tightly, and I was soaking wet with absolute terror, pres- sweat, perspiration, sweat. And by the time we got to the end, and the press was waiting to interview me at the end, I was a mess. I just don't like to be discomforted. Mm. So it's terrible casting me as my father's daughter. <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, I'm just curious as to what Halloween was like in growing up in your household. Halloween is an American holiday. Yeah. And my father was British. And my father was not, didn't lead the life of an American star a Hollywood star, a movie star. He led a very quiet, private, modest life. And so unlike Bela, who answered the door in his cape on Halloween, and I think Bela Jr., who's a friend of mine, still does, um, I turned my lights out. (laughs) And um, I have a pretty busy schedule this year because it's the 200th anniversary of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So I have a really pretty busy schedule right up until I get home late the night of the 30th. And on Halloween, I plan to have a nervous breakdown. I'm just going to turn off the lights and take a nap. Right. Um, well, that, thank you for joining us. That was lovely. Learn about film history. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah. thank it's you so much, fun. Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. If you are interested in today's discussion, drop by the Montclair State University Film Forum Tuesday nights at 7 in the School of Communication and Media.